You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Pick off the show here. <laughs> We're agreeing! Welcome in, welcome to the Mafia Cast, uh, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We've got a, a, a really good show lined up for you guys today. We've got a guest from, and I'll let Dan take it away from there. <laughs> yes, uh, Chargers Unleashed, uh, Dan W Sports. You can find me on X, anywhere you go your podcast for Chargers Unleashed. Uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Uh, cover the Chargers uh, all week. It's been a crazy season for the Chargers. Not nearly as good as it's been for the Bills. So grateful <laughs> to be on here talking some Saturday night primetime football with you gentlemen. Yeah, it's going to be oh, a good yeah. time. Mike, Casey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I just gave you a follow, Dan, but uh, I, I just had some barbell chicken wings uh, left over from Saturday, but that's how good they are. They're still good. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get a quick little snack in before the show. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I don't get that privilege. I like race home from work to get here on time, but I made it. Yeah. So we're going to talk some Chargers and Bills. Uh, we're also going to kind of... Uh, I want to talk about the AFC as a whole, but Dan, I do have some questions for you and I've been waiting to ask you this all day. What does the fan base think about Brandon Staley? Like, cause for me, he would have been fired 12 months ago, <laughs> but I don't know any Chargers fans here locally other than, you know, than yourself. So what's the fan base think about what's going on? Yeah. The larger sentiment is uh, most Chargers fans were happy that he was let go and, the results speak for themselves. You know, after the gut-wrenching loss last year in the playoffs uh, to Jacksonville, I think a lot of people wanted him out then. And I think the Chargers organization kind of saw it as kind of a, a step in the right direction. You know, year one, he goes nine and eight. Year two, goes 10 and seven playoff appearance. Give him a chance to kind of go year three again. And then just all the wheels fell off this year. Uh, for many reasons, you know, coaching is part of it for sure. He was not good enough. Uh, there's a lot of things that weren't good enough. Injuries were a big part. Scheme was a big part. Uh, players not playing up to their level is a big part. And that's somewhat on the coach too. So there's a lot of blame to go around on in this Chargers team for this season. That said, uh, it was time for Brandon Staley uh, to be let go. And that embarrassment that was you know in front of everybody prime time against the raiders <laughs> oh, yeah you know it was it was embarrassing that was the worst loss i've ever seen covering and or being a fan of this chargers team and the interesting part you mentioned you know what the uh, you know fans think i think it was a couple of weeks prior brandon staley was asked kind of post game after a loss like you know do you think i'm paraphrasing here but do you think that you've lost the locker room the guy's still buying into what you've been doing and he said, "No, we're definitely all together. We're still connected. If we were to, if we were, if the locker room was lost, we would be getting blown out by like thirty points. All these games are close. And then you know, fast forward two weeks, 63-21 or whatever it was. Uh, that's oh, when you knew. Yeah. And I think Chargers fans were ready to move on from Brandon Staley. And bigger picture, though, I think we're more looking on, looking forward to getting rid of the general manager." And what we can get into that if you'd like, but there's a lot of wholesale changes needed for this Chargers team. Um, unfortunately, it's just gone south in a hurry for lots of reasons. But yeah, I think Chargers fans were ready to 
not see him as the head coach anymore for sure by and large so i have a question about the gm i mean i it seemed on paper that he was pretty good at drafting in my opinion i mean he he got sante samuel jr you know he went out he ended up getting cleveland back he signed eric kendricks able to retain derwin james it seemed like he was able to bring in some names, but it just never like meshed. I mean, I as, from as an outsider looking in, you know, I'm just curious, like what that what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, it's complicated. There are levels to this. There's always nuance to any GM or coach getting hired or fired or staying or leaving. The thing is, and if we were talking brass taxi for a second, eleven years he's been with the Chargers. I think he has two playoff appearances. The, the GM and say what you about the draft picks and you could talk about the successes, you know, Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Derwin James. Like there's a lot of top tiered, high profile names. Unfortunately, like an NFL roster has 53 guys on it and the chargers underbelly, I call it aside for those top tier names, the underbelly of the roster has been brutal for a long time. And so a lot of people see kind of like those, Big stickers in the window, uh, the Justin Herberts of the world. The depth on this team just has not been good. And I think there was a stat that came out recently that Tom Telesco, outside of round one, has only retained four players to second contracts in his entire tenure wow. from rounds two through seven. So wow. they don't retain talent. The round one guys they do retain for the most part. You had Keen Allen's one of the ones outside of round one, but the ones they do sign massive contracts. And unfortunately, sometimes just haven't been healthy. Mike Williams has been hurt a lot. Joey Bosa hurt a lot. They just got Derwin James a contract a couple of years ago. You know, early on in his career or hurt a bit, but he's actually been pretty good in terms of health. Justin Herbert banged up all season this year, not really his fault. And so, you know, roster construction wise, it's just been, it's been, I think it's kind of, there's been a bandaid on top of a lot of things. And I think this year you're seeing kind of the wheels fall off and it's kind of rearing its ugly head. You know, a lot of people were upset with Brandon Staley for a lot of things. And one of the things was he didn't pull the trigger on making some personnel decisions and benching some guys. Cause you know, preview the chargers secondary is horrific this year. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the the rebuttal to that is like who's walking through that door like who are you going to yeah. sub out mike davis or asante samuel jr for like literally it's six seventh round draft picks from last year udfas and waiver wire guys like that's it and so yeah i think it was time for tom telesco and he wasn't terrible by any means but certainly wasn't what the chargers needed and they needed a refresh they needed rejuvenation they need some consistency they need a culture they need an identity they just don't have that and it when you have a franchise quarterback like justin herbert like that's unacceptable yeah. and so yeah new vision they said it dean spanos the chairman kind of put that out there when they fired both the gm and the head coach they need a new vision and now that starts that's kind of you know, exciting I, for the future though right you know, totally and honestly that's one. we just had we just had a show earlier in the week and you know, I think Chargers fans are kind of down bad. They're, it's been a rough season. Like this is personally, this has been the roughest season I've ever had covering this team because the expectations and just the ways that they've lost has been so gut wrenching. Everything's been close until the end here this past game. Yeah. But there's a consistent standard there where they've lost these games the same way every time, which we can get into. Uh, but. Yes, it is a little invigorating. I told my co-host, like, honestly, I feel kind of good right now. I, we finally yeah. have some hope. We can get into the coaching and GM, who the candidates are. We can get a good draft pick. We'll see. Um, but in the end of the day, like, yeah, it is exciting. And I think in a season that you're seeing Keenan Allen just go off this year. And you're yeah. seeing yeah. someone like Khalil Mack have, like, a renaissance year where he's had the best year of his career. Like, he has, he could still go for 20 sacks this year. It just kind of feels wasted, and it just feel bad for some of these guys, and you hope that this team can kind of rally next year. Who knows if they'll even be retained? But, yeah, it is an exciting offseason. Lots of things for us to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that the, what you mentioned a while ago about retaining players, <clears throat> that's one of the big reasons why I, I push back so hard on some of the Bills fans that want McDermott fired. 
because he built a culture here that people want to play in. They want to be a part of this team, a part of this, the culture and, and win for, for the, for Buffalo. And you might get somebody in here like Matt Milano, for example, is a great reason or example of somebody who wants to stay in Buffalo and he wants to stay here because of the coaching staff and because of the culture. So he, he takes lesser contracts to stay here. Uh, If you move on from McDermott, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, in fact, you might have an exodus of players. Yeah, probably. And again, like that's a culture thing that the Chargers are desperately looking to fix. And so there's rumors of them like swirling around them wanting Jim Harbaugh. And I think he'd be perfect for this Chargers need. Like bring in somebody that can establish a culture, identity. He's won at every level. By far, he's been a winner. Um, not afraid to kind of get in people's faces. We'll call him out publicly. Yeah. Like I think the Chargers need that. Like they need a physical identity establishing face for the franchise because they just hasn't had that before. So pair that with someone who has the chops from a successful organization as a GM. Like I'm looking at you chiefs. I'm looking at you Eagles, Steelers, Ravens, Cowboys, like the culture draft success, all of those things pair that with kind of the creativity and passion and all that jazz with a Jim Harbaugh with success. Like now you're cooking. The Chargers yeah. just haven't had that. And so culture is big. And right now, like literally the Chargers culture is a verb is like to charger. Like literally that we're getting flamed by primetime announcers. And look, you can't, you can't really dispute it, which is the sad part for Chargers fans. Well, there, there was a time when uh, doing a billsy thing was, it was a thing. Bill's going to bill. I remember say, yeah. saying it all my life, man. So yeah. here's a name. <laughs> Even this year. Two names that I'm curious about. I mean, I know it's his first year on the job in Washington, but Eric Bieniemy, somebody that you'd be interested in, or even if the rumors are true, Bill Belichick, if he's let go of his duties. Yeah. I'm so curious, I, love like, what, what... I love these conversations. So um, there, there's a comment here that says, Joe Harbaugh is going to want full control. Not full control. He'll want more control, sure, but not full control. Bill Belichick, on the other hand, Full control. And we were seeing, yeah. I'll answer your question. I'd love Bill. I would love Bill Belichick if he was just the coach, but Bill Belichick, the GM is awful. Like go look at yes. what's going on in New England right now. Like terrible. So no part of that. So do I expect Bill Belichick to come in here and get a demotion and just be a head coach? No. So no, for that reason, I'll go shark take mode. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. I do think would be great. And does he want control? Probably that much control? No, I don't think he wants to be GM. Does he want say and possibly who the GM is? Would like a seat at the table for some of those GM decisions that they make? Maybe. But in fairness, like that's what the Chargers franchise needs. You look at Bills, look at some of these successful organizations. You have GM, coach, staff, chairman, all of them on a string with the players, and you collaborate, you succeed through group think. And unfortunately, that just hasn't been how the Chargers work, in my opinion. And so I kind of like that. I kind of like that. And so, yeah, I Jim Harbaugh's probably the guy. Bill Belichick, I'd take as a head coach only. Um, there's a couple other guys. Ben Johnson is another one that I think the Chargers fans would like. But, you know, as, as any NFL franchise, no matter what decision there is, especially big ones, no matter who anyone picks, Half the fan base is excited. Half the fan base is pissed. Half of them will be right. Half will be wrong. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of the glory of it. And uh, you know, there was rumors today even about Ben Johnson wanting like fifteen plus million, and th- that quickly got uh, dismissed by Ben Johnson's agent uh, a couple hours later, who basically uh, quote tweeted some of the rumors and was basically like, per source, I'm paraphrasing, that's not true. Uh, so straight from the horse's mouth. So. We're in, we're in lying season right now. Everyone's trying to negotiate. Everyone's trying to get their guys and put themselves in position. And uh, that's where Chargers fans are at this point. But fortunately for Bills fans, like you guys, you guys still got a season ahead of you. And for, as a Chargers side of things, like I'm rooting for Bills fans. I'm rooting for Bills Mafia. Like go get your chip. Go beat Mahomes. Like please, please take the <laughs> AFC. Like gladly watch you win. I want people through tables all through the postseason. That's what I'm looking for. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. It seems like kind of like our teams that we've never really want. We've never won a ring. You always root for that guy. I remember yeah. when the Eagles won their ring. My best friend is a diehard Eagles fan his whole life. And I texted him. I said, from one diehard fan of a team that's never won to another, like I, I can't imagine the feelings you have right now. And I like, I I'm very like genuinely happy for you. Cause like it's it, even to a fan, it feels like the weight is lifted off your shoulders. So it's, it's totally. always cool to root for another team when you know yours is out and you what can just awesome. like, hope the best. The Bills fan, and I'm so rooting for him every year, every week. And I remember vividly sitting in my car and whatever it was, 16 seconds left. And I was with my wife and we were just finished eating and I was talking to my wife. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Bills are finally going to be Mahomes. I'm so excited. And then like, I'm not watching it. I'm literally watching like the stat thing on my phone. And so like 13 seconds and whatever it was, you know, 25 yard gain. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And then like, little, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Please, please revenge season all day. <laughs> I think it's cool. We're, we're definitely, there's, there's one team that I, I will not cool. root for to ever win the Super Bowl, And that's the Bengals. Sorry, Cincinnati fans. <laughs> but I, I no, I'm never rooting for the Bengals again. I, I actually liked him back in the days of like Boomer Esiason, and even pre Burrow and Chase and 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 all those guys. Uh, but since this little, I, I guess maybe you can call it rivalry between the Bills and yeah. Bengals as of late, the last year, year and a half. But yeah, I, I can't. They did the get Bengals us in the playoffs point. though. We were definitely rooting for him. I liked him then. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. There's one more guy that I do have to ask you about though, uh, Dan. And that's a guy that I personally, I'm like, like somebody I've followed his career since he came here to Boise State as a quarterback, winning, winningest quarterback in college football history. We knew even then he was going to go on to be a coach. What do the fans think about what he's been able to do with this offense or maybe not been able to do with the offense? And would they be happy to maybe see him get promoted to the head coaching position? So, Man, Kellen Moore has been such an enigma this season. And there, there's so many questions because I think Chargers fans and honestly, nationally, everyone except maybe Dallas was unanimously excited for Kellen Moore coming to the Chargers and fixing this team given his success at every level and his creativity and his kind of blend of modern and different types of offenses and kind of how successful Dallas was. This season has just been a train wreck, honestly. And there's been things that have, looked really good for Kellen Moore and some of the creative play designs. That's what Chargers fans were so excited about. But then when you see like the lack of success in the running game, which we'll talk about, you know, Austin Eckler has had a terrible year. Some of it due to injury, but some of it is because blocking has been absolutely dreadful and specifically blocking on the edges. So like tight ends, running back blocking for both pass and run blocks. Um, the tackles haven't necessarily been the issue. It's just been like when they're overloaded, Kellen Moore and offense have not adjusted to that. And that's how they've lost so many games is when the opposing defenses go cover zero or mass blitz. And Justin Herbert just sits there and gets rocked because not enough yeah. guys are there to block. And it's literally go back and watch every one of the Chargers losses aside from maybe two, obviously the Raiders one, but almost every single other one was that scenario. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating at least on the offensive side. Now you give him credit or you give him a pass because, you know, Justin Herbert's had one mangled finger for most of the year. And then as soon as that heals that he fractures his other finger. So like literally he's what Edward Scissorhands the entire year. <laughs> Mike Williams has been out for most of the year. 
Josh Palmer, wide receiver three, has been out for most of the year. His first game back, they lose by 40. You're relying on Quentin Johnson, who has had a struggling rookie year. While they haven't been feeding him and giving him chances to succeed, the opportunities he has had, he hasn't been able to cash in. He's had some drop issues. Uh, the running game has been awful. It doesn't matter who the running back is, which leads me to believe it's not just a running back problem. And I mentioned before, kind of the the way that opposing defenses come in is just, it's leaky. And um, so do the Chargers fans want to see him as the head coach? I think prior to this year, unanimously, it was like, hey, Brandon Staley fails. We got the head coach in waiting. But now when you have, like going into the Raiders game, the Chargers offense and defense were averaging the same amount of points. And when you have Justin Herbert as a quarterback, I don't care who he's throwing to. Like, it's got to be better than that. And you look at Justin yeah. Herbert, and let's just say Keenan Allen. Let's say that's the only guy worth noting. Go look at what the Chiefs are doing with literally no receivers. <laughs> and they'll tell you how kind of demoralizing it's been this season. So as much as everyone wants to flame the Chargers defense, and deservedly so for many reasons, there's a lot of things they've done poorly. One of the things they haven't done poorly, by the way, is rush quarterback. Um, but the offense hasn't been anything to write home about either. And so at this point, I think more Chargers fans would rather him not be the head coach than the head coach. The better question probably would be around if they could see him as the offensive coordinator. And even that, I think the answer would be it depends, honestly. Man, that hurts my heart. <laughs> I know, me too. I talked to so, I like when if he was hired, you know how many Boise State like random ra- radio shows are wanting to call me to talk about him. And I'm like, hey, I'll talk to you about your god all day long. This is great. And now it's just like it's brutal. And you look at this game, you're like, what is he supposed to do? Like you got Easton Stick, you're on your center, you got your the backup center to your backup center. Center three is now in there. You don't have wide receiver one or two. So you're stuck with wide receiver three and the rookie who has some drop issues and some issues with, you know, being confident. You have no running game. You can't mask. You can't protect when an opposing team blitzes. Your corners are absolutely atrocious. The only thing that you can hang your hat on is Khalil Mack in this game specifically. <laughs> Khalil Mack and your special teams. That's it. Literally. That's it. This sounds like my childhood rooting for the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It, it, it breaks my heart seeing this because like you never want to see your team lose. And, and you know, a lot of people, and you guys have probably experienced this in the past. Like when you see your team kind of going towards like, you know, tank season, Oh, they should lose every game. Why don't they try to like NFL teams, franchises, players, like they're just not rigged up like that. Like they don't, yeah. nobody tries to lose. Now, some teams are just bad enough where even when they try to win, they'll still lose, which is often the case with bad teams. The Chargers just don't have the horses right now. Like I told you, the underbelly sucks. Most of their starting caliber top-tier players are out with injury. They lost their coach. They lost their GM. Like, what? You know, I, I saw some people talk about this being a possible trap game for the Bills. There is no world in which the Bills should lose this game. Like, I don't see a path for the Chargers to win this, except for if the Chargers find a way to get like three kick returns and some <laughs> fluky fumble pick six type of thing. I just don't hey, see man, it. We've lost to the Jets, the Patriots, and the Broncos this year. They all got a defense. We can lose, they we can lose to anybody. No, no. They all got, got a defense. You Chargers have a, that, secondary you have a is garbage. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Go like If you watch, like, literally, go watch the last sequence of Chargers defense with a lead or tied at the end of game. And you will see a cornerback, either Michael Davis or Sonny Zabel Jr. Blow an, blow an assignment for like a 50, 60 plus yard gain and or touchdown or blow a tackle that turns into a 50, 60 yard gain slash touchdown. It's like Christmas in December. Like it's just clockwork. And it's been yeah. the, I mean, go, go go look at the stats for the Chargers secondary. It is awful. Now there is there is one thing uh, that you know James Cook is uh, he's been out of practice with an illness right now, whether it's COVID or the flu or, or who really knows. So I mean that I mean you saw what how he was like our whole game you know last week. Um, 
So, I mean, does that does that give you a little bit of hope, though? I mean, the Bills' <laughs> I, offense really – it took James Cook for us to really, really take off. Does that give you any hope at all? I mean, to take off against the Cowboys, like, I kind of get it. Right. Like, you're – you know, the – you're, you're saying you guys lost to the to the Patriots. Like the Chargers won six zero. Like it wasn't like we did anything. True. Like we again, they have a defense. Like Bill Belichick's team always plays hard, especially on defense. Like I'll give him that. Yeah. But like I, you're I'll just all, add like, that um at least the Chargers shut them out to held them to zero. We gave up 29 points to that. Horrible that's, offense of the Patriots. That's, that's that fair. to me was the the worst loss of the season. I know a lot a lot of people say Absolutely. it's the Broncos or the Jets, but for me, it's the Patriots because that team is terrible. Um, but well, the, well, the thing. Yeah, I so think let the me. Difference, the difference, honestly, with the Patriots though, is regardless of like the roster and personnel stuff, like they are coached very well, and so like they'll stay in. Always so now, prepared. And now when you have, and now when you have a terrible roster like there's only so much a head coach can do like when you're when you're going through you know jones and zappy and you'll have a, a single receiver who's healthy or even capable of playing like or good, so much yeah. you can do but they're coached well and so they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot usually um <laughs> that's not the case with the chargers like they just well i don't know it's a combination of either the scheme being too complicated not coaching correctly in the, that in the end of games or just not having the guys like it's all three. Yeah, we heard. So the speaking of the complicated scheme was an issue uh, uh, before Ken Dorsey got let go. But I have one more yeah. question before we move on. What I don't understand this whole J.C. Jackson thing. What is this entire saga? I like I like you guys lured him away from New England with a monster contract, and then yep. he got traded back to New England this year. For what? Nothing. What was it like a fifth round pick or something like I that? I don't think of that. I think it was like a seventh. It was nothing like nothing. So, so was it just to get him off the books? Like, was he playing yeah. that poorly? Yes, in short. Yes. Um, the oh man. So that like I told you, there's layers <laughs> to this, right? Like the Brandon Staley defense, the thing that it needs to have, like it predicates itself on great secondary play. In order to have great secondary play, you have to have great secondary players. And Look at what he's done in the past with the rosters he's had. Let's just talk about the Rams, for example. Like, you got yourself a Jalen Ramsey. Like, you got CB1, at worst, CB3 in the NFL. Yeah. The Chargers cornerbacks have been terrible. Now, it could be because the scheme's too complicated. I don't know. That's why they brought J.C. Jackson in. J.C. Jackson, I'll keep it respectful. Like, J.C. Jackson had a (laughs) horrific injury when he first got here. Like, horrific. And busted his tail to get back on the field. And everyone was very excited for him. And that comeback was real. And you saw him grinding through the offseason. Like it was impressive. Then he comes back and he just is like, he's not good. And I don't know if it's a situation where like the money gets to him, he stops trying, he, you know, gets in his head, whatever. But then he basically gave up on the team. Go back to, by example, go back to week one. Oh, gosh. Week one, Chargers playing the Dolphins. Chargers, I think, were up three, going into half with like five seconds left. And Tua throws up a duck prayer, goes nowhere. JC Jackson inexplicably just pushes the defender to or the receiver to the ground on like the 20, and it gives them a free three points at halftime. Long story short, they lose. So he gets benched, and then he has likely he gets benched, and then one of his one of the Chargers cornerbacks gets hurt in a following game and JC Jackson refuses to go in and basically forces his teammate to go play injured. And then he gets traded to new England after basically they said like enough's enough. And I think he's gotten benched or sent home in new England because I think there's reported some mental health issues, which I hope he gets taken care of. Um, but like that contract crippled this Chargers team. One, you don't have your cornerback one that you thought you had Two. You're out dead cap like crazy. Like he literally, I think they owe him like 15, 20 million in dead cap next year. He's not on the team. Like it's brutal. And so Chargers, I think are second worst in dead cap next year. And so you're going to see big, big guys, big contracts on this team. JC Jackson's still being paid. 
One of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen's probably not going to be there. One of Khalil yeah. Mack and Joey Bosa's probably not going to be there. Corey Lindsley has a heart issue, so he's probably going to retire. It's not Austin Eckler is not going to be there. Mike Davis or CB one's not going to be there. Like their linebacker, Eric Kendricks, Sebastian Joseph day, Austin Johnson, all these guys like a starters probably not going to be there. And that's the testament shows from a GM perspective, like where you put your money from a coaching perspective, how they're being coached up and from a player perspective, who's good and who's not. So again, Perfect storm. It's been fantastic here. <laughs> Talk about starting over, though. Square one. But, uh, you know. Hopefully, but you got your quarterback. I think that's the thing that a yeah. lot of – it's so easy. It's so easy to get caught up. and Like, oh, you know, we're in rebuild season, whatever. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in that. But, like, the charges aren't that far away. Like, everything got away from them, honestly. But re- what they need, they need to bring speed and, you know, prayers for health for offense for Justin Herbert. They need to bring in more depth, accumulate draft assets. So, i.e., if you trade away some of those players to get cap relief, you can do that. Uh, they need they need weapons, but they need depth and they need creativity and draft. Get those three things, you're cooking. And Jim Harbaugh, get that guy in the <laughs> building to like establish an identity. They don't have one. And I was talking to my buddy uh, who I do the show with. The fact that we're now into what week fifteen. And we were saying this every week. We're like, what is the identity in this Chargers team? And there was no answer. Like, they literally do not have an identity. Other, other than they're inconsistent. They can't play complimentary football. They will crumble in pressure. They will lose in late games. Their defense, especially secondary, is atrocious. Their offensive line can't block, including the tight ends, can't block uh, for the running game. That's the identity. Like, that's it, unfortunately. <laughs> Wow, that's a, quite a picture you painted of the where the Chargers are. Um, Seriously, I, yeah. Personally, like I said, I, I like the Chargers, and I have you know I think I put them up to, with one of my favorite AFC teams, well NFL teams in a period. But uh, maybe that's because more like I feel sorry for them than anything. I mean, you look at their history; even when they had Philip Rivers, they just could never seem to get over the hump, and. Um, it's kind of like what we're hearing right now with 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 Bills fans is we can't get over the hum because you know this or that or whatever. But uh, let's kind of your your hum's a lot higher than the Chargers right now. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> like the Chargers are going through this like a true. pothole. You're at least on the upswing. <laughs> Jeez, this, that is true. Um, looking at this game coming up Saturday, what what do you like expect? Are you kind of bracing for another 63 to 21 kind of game? I mean, here's the thing. Like, if I, if I just talk straight for a second, like the the 63 game, like that was an anomaly. Like they they aren't that bad. That was kind of a perfect storm. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in every facet. Every uh, fumble bounced the Raiders' way. Everyone, every, everyone. like it was insane. Like, it, it was just a bad break. It was a bad break. Yeah. And I think it probably was a good thing that it happened because it got the charge to realize like we have to take action now. They're not that bad of a team. They're not that bad. Again, like they lost every game except that one in the Ravens game, technically, um, at the end of the game. Those are their losses. Go look at the one score losses that they had. It's brutal. Uh, I am not expecting the Chargers to win. They shouldn't even be competitive in this game. And again, like I want to see the Chargers win, but they just don't have the horses. Like they don't. Like again, I'll just go through this real quick. Like the Chargers offense, for example, they're counting on their running back three to get some more carries because a running backs one and two haven't done much and B running back one and two aren't on the roster next year. So Isaiah Spiller is the only one left. Even he hasn't been great. Fun fact last week, he had 50 yards. Isaiah Spiller. That's more than Austin Eckler has has averaged this season. Like Austin Eckler is averaging less than Isaiah Spiller had at 50 yards per game rushing wide receivers. They don't have their wide receiver one or two for this game. Keen Allen's out. Mike Lane's been out for the year. Their wide receiver three is Josh Palmer. His first game back was last game after being out for like eight, nine weeks or something like that. Their wide receiver four is a rookie who's had some struggles with catching the ball and getting production and getting some touches to kind of go through it. We talked about the running backs. or tight ends. Gerald Everett. I like Gerald Everett a lot. I wish they targeted him more, but they don't. He's probably The Chargers need more Gerald Everett because he's a dog. Uh, but 
Gerald Everett, Donald Parham Jr., all their tight ends do not block run game at all. Yeah. So there goes that. And you're running, but your quarterback is your QB2 who had his first start last week and got blitzed, literally, figuratively. And your center is a third string center at this point. So that's the offense that we're dealing with. Now, again, you could say, okay, maybe we get a little bit of bump because you have a new interim head coach. You know, they got you know, dismantled and they got just absolutely disrespected and embarrassed last week. They come back strong. Sure. I'll give you a bump. So we'll give you that. Come on. Defense. Joey Bose is out for the season. I, I think they just opened his window. So technically he could play, I think. Um, I saw he was ruled he, out. But yeah, he's not playing. Uh, again, your cornerback, the guys that you brought in to replace the cornerbacks that were not playing well are hurt. So now you're resorting back to the guys who were playing poorly originally. Your defensive line, you got you got basically Khalil Mack. Defensive line actually has been pretty good. But your linebackers and your corners have just been terrible. So realistically, neither side of the ball is great right now. And the only thing that has been consistent for the Chargers has been the fact that they have a really, really good special teams unit. Coordinator Ryan Ficken has been a godsend to this team. They have arguably, in my opinion, the best special teams in the NFL. Best returner, statistically, in Darius Davis. Watch out for him, by the way. That's one of the guys that I tell you, every time he touches the ball, do not let him return one because he could take you to the house. He was the fastest player in college football last year when he was drafted. Their punter, J.K. Scott, he booms them all the time. Dicker the kicker, he's been incredible. I don't know if you guys saw, by the way, he put they put out like a Pro Bowl vote for me thing, and it was absolutely oh, yeah. epic. Um, but yeah, other than that, like literally, it's special teams and Khalil Mack. Otherwise, anything else that would happen would be a fluke. <laughs> like it could happen, sure, but like I, personally, I would. I'm torn. I want to see the Chargers win because I think for rookies and younger guys, like I think winning is a bigger valuable asset than losing and having a higher draft pick. Like you need confidence. You need reps. You need yeah. to be able to have some of these things to hang your hat on. If, if you get that, but you drop down two spots in the NFL draft next year, who cares? I'd rather have a wide receiver who's pumped up because you just had two game winning touchdown drives. Like take that. I want that. But also I'd also like a high draft pick. And it's like, I'd rather see, I'd love to see them, you know, lose at the end, but have great games. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, this, it's unfortunate because this game was supposed to be such like a blockbuster. Oh, and man. Going into the season, this was like the premier game for the Chargers, prime time. And now it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, just yeah. get it over with. Can you just make this happen? Like, come on. <laughs> We're so close. You you know how disappointed Peacock's got to be right now? Oh, they're like, they were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we got this. We got this awesome game. Now they're like. Eastern stick really but that's been honestly i've never seen i've never seen an nfl season with this many injuries to quarterbacks oh, no. oh yeah it was like backup quarterbacks quarterback. in games yeah look at the amc playoff picture right now it is a disaster and so that's what like, you're really josh, it's get basically what josh allen patrick mahomes and lamar jackson and then the rest are just like who <laughs> yeah yeah I, we really uh, quick. We actually have quite a few people uh, watching right now. I just want to give everybody a shout out. We appreciate you. Um, again, you're listening to the, the Mafia Cast. We are part of the the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and we've got about three minutes here. So one of the things that we do on the Mafia Cast, we we do it for the end. But before we let you go, Dan, we have to get your score prediction. Um, and and just FYI, you will end up on TikTok as a result of it. So. Cool. <laughs> just here's your preparation for that this is your waiver okay no honestly <laughs> look i the Chargers season has been a disaster in, in many reasons in many ways and you know the Chargers are at home and you think they're going to get a bump from the head coach and the staff and what happened last week but i want to sit here and say like oh the Chargers are going to get this miraculous upset like the 13 point underdogs for a reason right I just, I just don't see it. And I'm usually the optimist in my neck of the woods over here. So unfortunately I think I have the chargers losing this one. Probably 31, 17 is probably my score. I don't see the chargers defense being able to stop Josh Allen through the air or on the ground for that matter. Uh, and I don't see the chargers offense being able to hang with a bill's offense either through Stefan Diggs or if it's James cook, or if it's Gabe Davis, or if it's the water boy, I don't care. 
Like, I just don't see it happening. So 31-17, Chargers lose. Only way they win is if you guys, being the Bills, have crazy bad luck with turnovers and we need to have that and special team scores for the Chargers. That's the only way I see it winning. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you're up. You're up next. What's your score? I'm up next this time. All right. I'm going exact same score as last week against the Cowboys. 31-10 Bills. I can see that one. My uh, Casey, what do you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 34-13 Bills. 34-13. I will say it's been a while since we put up 40, so I'll say 41. (laughs) Uh, 41-10. They they get a late touchdown, kind of like Dallas did. (laughs) You've been waiting for us to, to score 40 for a while now. It's it's been a while, yeah, and I'm but I'm going to be right every, one of these days. Every time one of us predicts a blowout, we have lost that football game. Man, I'm so something's you, something's going to give this week. I'm telling you, this That's is it. a week where both Bills Mafia and Chargers fans are in generally in agreement that they want the Bills to win. <laughs> That's what the season has turned into for the Chargers. So yeah. I hope yeah. for your sake that you are correct, and lots of Chargers fans will also be happy. If you guys end up getting the W, uh, and again, Chargers fans for the most part, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think they'd be pleasantly surprised and very happy to see the Bills and anyone else for that matter uh, dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is the year to do it. This is the year to do it. So go get absolutely them. for sure. Really quick, just let everybody know once again where they can find you, Dan. Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. This has been fun. Uh, you can find me on X at Dan W Sports. Uh, LAC underscore unleashed is where you find us on X or you can find L- Chargers unleashed anywhere. You get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Uh, YouTube are there. Uh, we're doing a whole bunch of different content. Now we're already into like GM candidates and NFL draft prospects and head coaching stuff. Uh, we're huge in the NFL draft in the off season. So if you guys have questions about, you know, who are the top quarterbacks for you guys, you don't care about that. So the top corners <laughs> receivers, interdefensive line, you name it. Uh, we'll have you guys covered for that. So yeah, Chargers Unleashed. You can find all things Chargers NFL draft content here in the coming months. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate you coming on here. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. Pleasure. Hey, guys, it's been so much fun. Best of luck with Sunday, the rest of the season, and go get the AFC Championship trophy, all right? We're going to try. Thanks. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) See ya. Man, I got to say, I... I didn't realize the Chargers were in that much of a mess. Holy crap. <laughs> oh my God. It like Yeah, that's it was really like, like you said. a dream. Like I was deja vu going back to the, my childhood. I was <laughs> exactly. like, this is this is what I this is what I understand. I I understand his point of view way more and I'm way more comfortable with his <laughs> yeah. point of view than I am from ours. Cause like I'm still not used to winning. You know, like that's why this season I told I mean, you and I argued back and forth last year that like you're like you shouldn't have this tough a skin, you know, like you like it should losing should bother you more and I like but like it doesn't like my childhood grew me that thick skin. So I think this year, like I've I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't been as worried as a lot of fans of banks. I'm like, this is nothing. Like do you know do you not remember like seven years ago? Like are are yeah. we that far are we that far gone? I mean I know We've gone leaps and bounds, but like, my God, it can always get worse again, real quick. <laughs> Even with a great quarterback, we say well, we we have Josh Allen. We always have a chance. They have their version of Josh Allen. They don't have a yeah. shot in hell. Yeah, well, and Herbert's been compared to Allen as far as the the physicality part. That he's a big big kid. He can run. He's got the strong arm. Like the, as far as the physical part of the game. Herbert's about the closest talent there is, I think. Him and maybe maybe Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson a little more on the running side than the, the throwing. But, uh, yeah, um, the Chargers, I, I don't get it. Like, like I said, they had Phillip Rivers. They went from Rivers to Herbert, and they just can never win. They're On paper, they're always one of the most talented rosters in the league, and they still struggle. But you were nice to see them. You guys – do you guys remember the year that they were first in offense and defense across the NFL and still missed the playoffs? 
Really? I don't like, remember that. Oh my god, I won't ever forget. Like that was like the Antonio Gates, Ladanian Tomlinson, okay. Rivers years. You know, Makes they sense, had Antonio yeah. Crum- Cromartie, like Eric Weddle, and then all, like they were fantastic. But they lost. It was like the Bills this year. They lost every game by a freaking point. You know, and like they ju- and they just missed the playoffs. But like it's it, that's one of those stats that like I that's engraved in my head. I will never. Never forget it because it just sounds like such a Bills thing to do. That's I'm surprised yeah, no it happened to us. But no kidding. Hey, let's jump into. Um, well, first of all, there's a couple things we want to get to. We we don't have a whole heck of a lot of time, but we're gonna do it anyways. First thing I want to do. Let's talk about the playoff picture and where we're at right now. Um, last week, a lot of the fans are saying we didn't get any help when we actually did. Uh, we moved up a couple of spots. Uh, we didn't get as much help as maybe we wanted to. But going into this weekend, I don't know the numbers as far as the percentages and all of that. I Again, I know we went out, we're in, right? Uh, but which of these, I know that I believe Cleveland's playing Houston, I, yes. I yeah. think, and then Cincinnati and Indianapolis. I, I don't remember who they're playing. But there is a chance that all three of those teams could lose, Houston, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Um, I believe Bengals Cincinnati's are playing, playing Pittsburgh. The who? Bengals are playing Steelers. Okay. Bengals, well, Steelers, Bang- and I think the Colts are Atlanta. Bengals aren't going to lose. I, so I think Cincinnati and Indianapolis are both going to win. And that's certainly possible. The one thing, so Atlanta is capable of winning that game. Cincinnati Depends. has no Jamar Chase. Wait, what? True. Since what? What? What did I miss? Yeah. Well, no, Jamar he Chase went out, out last game, so I didn't know he was still he, out, but I remember him going no, he, out last he, game. Yeah, it was just came out today. He has uh, been ruled out for this game. That's big. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not so, know that. In a perfect world, Buffalo could be sitting in the 6th seed by Sunday night. Yeah. That's. I mean, it, well, now we got to start looking at who owns the tiebreaker between Buffalo and Cleveland. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Cleveland, I believe, is 6-3 and three in conference. So oh. they, they're they a couple of games Smooth. up on us in that way. Smooth so I think mess. at this point for me, Cleveland, just keep doing your thing. Just keep rolling. Yeah. Uh, make sure Cincinnati stays behind us. And that's kind of where I'm at. And and in this case with Houston as well, you know, beat Houston, push them down. And CJ Stroud is out again this week. Um, I, I don't know about Nico Collins. Uh, we know Tank Dell is out for the season. I haven't heard anything on Collins yet, but I don't see Houston beating Cleveland. So that's at least one. We just got to get Cincinnati or Indianapolis to lose. And we're, we're in that top seven. Uh, right. I'll ask you guys a question. Do you think that's feasible though this weekend? I, Casey, you just said, uh, you don't think those two of those three at least are going to lose? Does the Jamar Chase change your mind though? I mean, Pittsburgh. Sorry, my buddy Mike and Dave, but Pittsburgh is just so damn bad right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they don't. Talent. They don't. Uh, woo, every, everybody in the NFL is talented. Like, I, like I, Trubisky is a shell of what he used to be. I mean, we all loved he's him here in Buffalo. Mitch you know, isn't I mean, playing. He's not. Oh, that's right. They're starting. Um, Rudolph. 
Rudolph yeah, oh, is getting the start. So, so not that that's any better. Still, <laughs> that, that doesn't change my opinion at all. You know, it's just A and B. I mean, Najee Harris, I mean, he fell off a cliff. I and mean, look at Jalen oh. Warren, an undrafted free agent, came in and stole his job and has ran with it figuratively and literally. Um, I mean, obviously, Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and their defense is always their defense. But, I mean, it, they just have such a struggle putting up points, you know, and we've seen yeah. Cincinnati with Browning be able to do that. You know, at, like it's – you've seen – we've all seen the tweets where – is Joe Burrow a system quarterback? You know, because we see Browning just all right, yeah, just throw so it up. You know, get it to the playmakers. Yeah. And I mean, will this will be a good litmus test for T. Higgins going into a contract offseason? You know, how can he propel mm-hmm. his team as the number one against a good Pittsburgh defense and keep them into the playoff contention? Because basically, if they lose, they're out. So, like everybody here sitting here at eight and six, you lose, you're basically done for the season. So it's going to be really interesting, and I'm, I, I, I still think Cincinnati is going to win, and I do not trust the Falcons enough. I mean, I'm sorry, honey, I, if you can hear me on the, the other room. I know Falcons are starting Heineke this year, her favorite football <laughs> player ever. I just don't think that their defense can stop Indianapolis's offense. So I, I just, I think Houston's going to be the only loss we get this week. Yeah. And um, Jonathan Taylor, both Taylor and Michael Pittman practiced. So it sounds like they will have cleared concussion protocol and they, they'll, they'll be a go, which is good for me as far as Pittman goes because I'm in my semifinals, fantasy football wise. So I, I need Pittman to put up some points. <laughs> but I would rather the Colts lose. We'll see if that happens or not. Uh, the other one, this kind of goes along with the playoff picture. We're only two games behind the Dolphins. Mike, can we catch the Dolphins? Always. The Dolphins are always catchable, especially when we play them last week of the season. <laughs> Will we quite catch the Dolphins is the question I want to hear from you, too. Uh, so I got to look Will at the Dolphins have? schedule. Oh, and, and they have we, uh, the Dolphins have Go ahead. the uh, Cowboys this week, the Ravens next week, and then us. Yeah, I mean, th- those aren't easy games. I mean, we've seen what Miami can do. But those are definitely games that they could lose. They could they could lose all three of them. I yeah. mean, I'm not yeah, saying that's could. what's going to happen, but I I do see the possibility. I'll there. say it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see it. I'm all for it. Um, no, in all seriousness, th- this game this weekend is against uh, the Dallas Cowboys in Miami. So the narrative is the Cowboys can't win on the road, and Miami can't beat anybody good with winning record. So what what gives in this game? Do you guys think who's going to win that game? I think Miami is going to beat the Cowboys. They could. I and I I really <laughs> the Cowboys look really bad when we played them. We, I mean, we Miami kind of lay the blueprint for what Miami uh can do to them and you know Miami can have a strong running game like we did. Exactly. I mean, they have Mostert and A-Chain. You know, I mean they they've shown or they've shown earlier in the season than we have how good they are. I mean, Mostert leads the league in rushing touchdowns. You know, he's, I mean, he's passed Christian McCaffrey. He's at 20 for the year. You know, he's going to eclipse over a thousand yards. A chain has played, what, you know, eight games and has over 500 yards rushing. At one yeah. point he was in the top 10 as well. You know, when he, when he was uh, healthy. So, I mean, it's, you couple that with, you know, Tyreek Hill, who I think they sat him last week because they saw this game coming up. They're like, we cannot, lose any of these three games so i think they sat him just gave him a bye week to get healthy leaned on waddle a little bit they played the jet the jets team that i think came in a little overconfident you know i they coming off a big win the previous week and you know they're like oh they're out without tyreek hill this is our one chance to get him and the dolphins laid the smack on him and they have a great defense do, so do we know if he's playing this weekend i haven't seen anything I haven't seen anything. I but I assume he's probably going to play. I mean, there's, I mean, he came back in the game when he did get hurt, you know, and then came back out. So I think it was, it was more so just a pain management tightness thing. And again, that's I, my opinion. Just that's why they kept him out last week because these games are more yeah. important than that one. Yeah, I want to touch on what Roy here says. If Tyree plays, I think they beat Dallas. Miami O line is a little questionable though. To me, that was the difference maker in the Bills uh, game last weekend was the offensive line. 
Mm-hmm. That offensive line played as well as I've seen any Bills offensive client play in the last 20 years. That, that reminded me of what I watched back in the 90s and watched that offensive line just dominate people. I don't think the Dolphins have it up front to do that. That, it, to me, is going to be the difference. I think Micah Parsons is probably pretty ticked off that he got manhandled last week for the most part. I think he comes into that game hungry. I think the team as a whole is probably tired. Well, you can say the same thing with the Dolphins too, but tired of hearing the narrative, right? Um, I I think Dallas wins that game. I think the Ravens beat the Dolphins next week or the following weekend, and it all comes down to that week 18. I don't see Buffalo losing this week. I don't see them losing next week to the Patriots. I know we've already lost to them once. This is a completely different team in my opinion, and it's all because of Joe Brady. Like, um, and, and some of – I mean, you can put some of the the, the credit – to McDermott because he did make that decision. Like I, we, we're done with you. I'm sorry. I'm moving on. And, but what Brady has done, it, it's, I'll tell you, I was wrong. I was like, no, we, we don't need to change off the corners in the middle of the season. And I was completely wrong. I have no problem saying that because I, I love watching my team win more than I like being right. So um, True that's that. where I'm at. I think this game is going to come down to that last week of the season. Hmm. So what we're kind of seeing here is there's like two different avenues where the Bills can get to the playoffs, and that's just getting ahead of the Dolphins. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, just trying to get into the wild card spot. Um, so we mentioned earlier when we were talking uh, the playoff pitcher, uh, what the tiebreaker would be for Cleveland and Buffalo. And um, I'm looking at the stats right now, and and right now Cleveland has a conference record of six and three, where we are mm-hmm. four and five. So if that puts things in perspective a little bit, uh, I I think Cleveland is kind of solidifying their spot there. Yeah. Um, they they do have you know winnable games the rest of the season. Um, so I think we're not gonna. I I don't think we're gonna be able to get ahead of Cleveland that way. Um. But, but of course, in the AFC East coming down, that, that might be the ideal situation there um, instead of getting the wild card spot. So we're all, yeah, we're I, all don't know. I don't know. This week. How <laughs> awesome. How awesome would it be for, you know, say we lose, you know, one of these next three games and we're in as a wild card and we get booked with Miami week in the wild card round. How awesome. I would love much rather have like lose to them week 18 and then go down and then in the third game in Miami, just beat the dog snot out of them. <laughs> all right, no, all how, right. I, it would like, that would be way more pleasing to me. Be like, be way more pleasing than beating them at home. Yeah. You think 10 and seven would be good enough to get in, to get in. Yeah. I think 10 and seven is enough. Nine and eight. No, I agree with what you said last night. Yeah, yeah, I don't think nine and eight it would cut it, but I'm gonna let me throw this back up there because uh, there's a lot of talk about the conference records, right? Well, Cincinnati has a worse conference record than we do. I believe they're three and six, and then the Colts here, uh, they are only a game ahead of us in the conference standings. So for that reason, I do agree. I I think ten and seven would get us in. The only thing that makes it kind of, you know. Gary is the fact that it would be a conference loss because all three of these next next three are conference opponents. Can we afford to lose another one and end up six and six at best in the conference tiebreak? I don't know. And right. I certainly don't want to test that theory. I just, yeah. I just went out and, and be done with it. Cincinnati could end up nine and eight. I mean, they're they're playing Pittsburgh, uh, Kansas City, and Cleveland. That's their last three games. So they, they could definitely lose two of them. Yeah, we'll definitely be rooting for KC uh, at that point. Yeah, I think, like you, I agree with you, Mike. I think Cleveland is pretty much locked in. Uh, into, And I think their schedule is pretty easy from here, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the Colts' schedule looks like. I have no clue with them. I'm looking at Colts right now. They have Atlanta, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and Houston. So it's kind of interesting having Houston, Houston at the last game for them too. 
Stroud should probably be, I would imagine, will be back by then, and probably Nico Collins, assuming he'll. I would pick Houston to win that football game. You would or wouldn't? I would. So that would put, so in my opinion, Houston's going to lose every football game until Stroud's back. So that puts them, so say they win week 18, that puts them at nine and seven, puts Indy at nine and seven. Like, I mean, um, nine, both of those teams at nine and eight, you know, like that. If we lose one, ga- we lose one game. That still puts us ahead of both of them. Yeah, and Cleveland. You know, I just for, want to say the, has, uh, the Jets and Bengals for their final two. Um. So yeah. So here we go again. Cle- yeah. Cleveland, Cincinnati. They're all going to start killing each other. You know. That's, right. Yeah. That's why looking at this stuff, you know, six seven weeks out is kind of irrelevant. You know, it's good to yeah. talk about. All right, this is where we stand and everything, oh, yeah. but. You know, the last three weeks, you know, everybody's going to kill each other. You know, it, there's right. not going to be, you know, it, nothing's going to be set in stone basically until week 18 when you know, all right, if this happens, this is exactly. going to happen, you know. And that's exactly exactly the point I was making last week's show that everybody was worried about the conference standing and the tiebreakers, but we still got three, four weeks to go at, at you know, talking last week. Anything can change. Uh, we win these last games. We finished seven and five in conference. I guarantee you that's going to be better. It's going to be better than Cincinnati. It'll probably be better than Indianapolis and Houston because you're right. They're going to be beating up on each other here. Um, and I think Houston has another conference game coming up too against the Colts. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But so uh, I think sure. we're okay. I do think we went out personally. Uh, this is kind of what I was predicting ahead of time, anyways, because like I said, since 2020, this is how they do. This is. This is their their mo. They struggle for whatever. They start out strong and on fire. It's like, oh, Super Bowl champs, piece of cake. We got this. And then they just fall off the cliff and win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Everyone's like, oh, well, there goes the season. Fire McDermott. And then they go on a four, five, six, seven game winning streak. Happens every single year and it has for the last four years now. The question is, can they continue that streak through the playoffs this time and get to that final game? I agree with what Dan said a while ago. This might be their best season com- competition-wise. KC is not Absolutely. who they were. Um, right. Baltimore, I, until Lamar Jackson proves it in the playoffs, I'm not I'm not confident in that. Uh, and the rest of the teams, they all have backups. Jake Browning. Um, Except for Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah, so. Jacksonville and Miami are the only two, like – in my opinion, well, Jacksonville, Miami, Kansas City are the three most complete teams. You know, I mean, the Ravens, you know, they're missing this guy, this guy. You know, they're down to their 78th running back just like every single year. Um, but Lamar know, can run it. A Lamar can run. I mean, Odell. Odell's he a shell run. of himself. But I mean, look at Bateman what hasn't done much. defenses have done yeah. against Baltimore. He's, he has three. shut down Lamar Jackson the last three times, three or four times that they've played them. So I'm not really too concerned about them. Uh, Roy, yeah, I agree. Casey's defense is legit. Uh, something I was thinking about, I want to get you guys to take before we get out of here really quick. What we saw last week, uh, I've got Josh Allen and a couple of my fantasy football teams. So for that reason, I want to see him sling it. But I almost kind of want to see this team do what they did last week all the way through to the playoffs and show the AFC, look, we can win either way and force them to have to game plan either direction. Like the more you can give them to have to game plan, the less they can, you know, uh, prep for that. So, but what do you guys think? Just hand it off, hand it off hundred yards for Allen, two touchdowns and cook gets another 166 yards. I don't care if we had to put Jordan Phillips in it running back, like whatever is working for that football game, just do it. You know that, yeah. like that. I mean, that we call like, it Joe, like, like Joe Brady said, Not like, yet. that wasn't the game plan, but, but it worked. So, you like, you so don't, break, you know, yeah, just do it. So, uh, in my opinion, you know, you test, you test the waters. You do, all right, can we run on this team? Are they, you know, are they playing, are they stacking the box? And we can, Josh, and Josh has more one on ones on the outside. Now we can eat with digs. You know, you just, you know, like the old adage says, you know, take what is given to you. Exactly. And I think Joe Joe Brady's good at re, has been has done well so far anyway at realizing what's been given to him and just running with it. So whatever whatever's working in my opinion, I know that's not necessarily the answer everybody is looking for, but 
Like it's just, it's just, it's that's yeah, going to be the really most effective. Does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're uh, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, we're over time, which we do all the time. It seems like here lately, but um, we're gonna be back on next week, same time, of course, Thursday night, seven o'clock Eastern. Check us out, the Mafia Cast. You check out all the other shows. There's some great, great content on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and um, we will see you all, guys. <laughs> I don't know what that was. We will see you guys all next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Merry Christmas. Tell your friends. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.